Previously on Talk Time Live exclusive. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you back to Talk Time Live, an Emmy Award winning actress who you may have seen in such shows as Disney's Lab Rats, Shameless, and The Mindy Project. However, in the realm of ACMG, you know her as the iconic voice of Naruto. Folks, please give a warm welcome back to Molly Flanagan. How you doing, my love? Hey, I'm great. I'm uh, I'm good. I'm just sitting here. Of course, as we started the interview, my dog started barking. What kind uh, of dog so do you have now? I got a mutt. She's a mixed mutt. She's a <laughs> nutbag. Uh, a good nutbag, but a, a very odd dog. Right. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm doing great. I just got back from uh, Toronto. Before that, I was in back-to-back um Chicago and Detroit for Comic Cons. And then I'm headed to your neck of the woods, courtesy of you. And I want to thank you so much for referring me and getting me into the convention um, in Philadelphia. So the Keystone Comic Con. And I'm really appreciative to you personally. All, all this just yeah. to get you to eat a cheesesteak. I mean, that's pretty much what it came down to. <laughs> well, you know, I paid for your lobster roll because your stupid team beat mine. I know. And I'm going to bring that up too so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Love it in a little bit. But yeah, well, you know, it was that I was going to make you wear a, a championship hat, you know. <laughs> it's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah we got an interesting show to talk about today we got news going on in the world of our favorite fandoms as well as our main talk topic of the week and i decided to go a little bit of a different route a little bit more serious route somewhat serious it's actually the most talked about documentary to date and that is actually two documentaries and that's based on the fire festival that came out uh was it last year a couple years ago it was 2017 i think actually that that occurred and uh they did two documentaries as many of you know and got a chance to see both of them or one of them at least one from hulu the other one from netflix i had the chance to see both of those and it really took to me because as a multimedia developer i get many clients and 
in situations, you, you know, me, my requirements sometimes work with clients that get into different type of things, whether it's small business, whether it's entertainment or promotion, much like this. So I have some experience in this type of situation. And a lot of it just, you know, watching it just brought back some interesting memories. So I wanted to definitely talk about this uh, as well as my own experience in comparison to what I saw from these two documentaries. So we're going to talk about that in our talk topic of the week and also give my thoughts on which one I enjoyed or thought was better in more in detail. Because I it, they are somewhat in contrast and there are some similarities to it, but we're going to cover all that. So for now, what I want to do is go to our next segment. So let's not waste any time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. folks let's get underway now there's some obvious news that i could talk about in reference to somebody i've spoken about many a times in anger but at this time because he's back out now doing the same stupid thing and being as bitter as ever at this time i refuse and protest the right to not bring this person up and not give him any more of attention that he's already received and he's already thirsty for right now so there is some news out there a lot of you probably know about it this is based on the comic book world as you know our beloved you know comic book pope stanley whatnot but that's all i'm going to say about it right now because i cannot give him or anybody who is just constantly trolling and being better online and giving them the format to you know to be noticed on my format my little format even you know as little as it may be i refuse to talk about it i really hope that at this point other people learn to not give these people the energy the the time the attention that they're seeking so i'm just going to drop it right now so it just in case anybody is wondering why am i not talking about the obvious of that situation upset person I'm, I'm not giving them I'm not giving them the space so moving on from there I do want to give space to my lovely friend Molly Flanagan the voice of Naruto for 14 years 14 years she has become the voice of the most iconic anime character in history of that genre and just last Thursday I believe it was she recorded her final episode of naruto and i do believe i don't know if she's still recording episodes of baruto or not but uh you know that's still underway but there naruto is done the 720 episode was recorded she recorded it and in celebration of that i went uh took the liberty right after i did uh the select start show this week i went in and did a uh pretty much a celebratory graphic you know thanking her for all the work that she's done on it and I sent it out to her private Facebook page, and I also sent it out to uh, blasted it on everywhere on uh, Twitter as well. You can see it on my account at Dexavier Josiah on Twitter, Dexavier uh, Josiah on Instagram as well. And she was very, very happy. I I'm I got reason to believe she was emotional about it too. But um, she spent a lot of years screaming and hollering and, and really playing that role really well much to the version of the original Japanese actor or actress uh, for that matter 
and she's done a hell of a job. She's they had her. Do, I mean, she was that role. Like, I pray that uh, Vix Media does not replace that voice in the near future or whatever like that. Like, she's a prominent role. Like, that's like saying she's at that role where Sean Schimmel is now Goku, where Chris Sabat is Vegeta and Piccolo and everybody else and All Might and all the stuff. And, you know, where Kevin Conroy is Batman and, you know, um, uh, Chris uh, Peter Cullen is Optimus Prime. You know, it's like you cannot replace these roles they these are the people you cannot do that unless they do a live action one that's you know that's okay unless it's a lot if it's a live action one that's done by america and they hire somebody who can speak english that's one thing but if they do like what they did with bleach and uh, full metal alchemist and got vic mignana back or in um any other guys to do their prominent roles in it yeah that's when you bring it that's when you bring her back is like that's the role so um congratulations to molly on that and it really it was really cool that through the graphic that i showed and she not only loved it but she now has it as a cover uh photo she has it as her cover photo for i basically uh twitter and facebook her facebook page i'm really honored that she did that it was really cool and uh she really went out her way to show people that i made that for her too and the people her friends and her fans all came and you know thanked her as well some of her friends are actually some of your favorite actors in certain really popular shows or comedies or whatnot which i was really thrilled that they got a chance to see that and it was awesome so you know kudos to you molly i love you and um you know thank you for all those years we talked about this on the show you heard the sound bite before this show began um you know she's inspired a bunch of people she's she's really that show really helped a bunch of people through some things in this country and you know the the way the story is written it's written with hope and confidence and encouragement so you know through trial and tribulation so uh it's really awesome that she was able to do that she is really a true hero and fighter and civil rights you know activist as well and you know she's she's awesome she's just absolutely awesome I'm, I'm very happy to get a chance to not only work with her you know from a business aspect but really get to know her as a friend and um kudos to out to you go out to you in there and we want it's not the last time we're going to see molly she also acts and you'll see her in many different roles from this point on like in live action she was i still have not seen the um last man standing episode that she was i had no idea she was in that so i gotta find that i gotta go to imdb and search for what episode she was on with that one because i thought i've seen all the episodes but then i did remember stop watching it for a bit now i'm re-watching them all again the non-real mandy version those who watch the show understand what they're talking about but uh i'll go ahead and check it out but yeah keep supporting her she's very talented there's a reason why she's an emmy award winner and um you know we'll see what she got to do what she's going on with her next so hopefully back in philly for keystone comic-con wink wink so uh shout out to her with that and much more uh moving on some interesting news that is coming up a rumor more or less this is rumor news people uh black widow is set to be moving on and they're writing scripts and they're getting the process of this movie being filmed but the rumor now is that Marvel Studios is looking for this movie to particular to possibly be the first rated R movie that they make. Now, 
It's interesting here because if that's true, if that is true, Marvel Studios has up to this point made 20 PG-13 movies so far. Uh, that's not including, you know, Captain Marvel. Well, is it including Captain Marvel and, and Spider-Man and and um, what's the other one? In 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 game, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I'm really not sure. But I think up to um, no, it might be up to uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. That is 20. But you know, they've been doing PG-13, which is great because it's like they're still showing some really serious moments with those films to a point that do you really need rated R? That's my situation. So an article on comicbook.com reports that the Hollywood gossip site Crazy Days and Nights are saying that Marvel Studios is moving forward to this direction. Me personally, I don't think it's really necessary. Like, what is it about rated R that is really needed this day that they can't do? Like, there has to be a real purpose for rated R. Like, if it didn't start at Rated R and it was successful without being Rated R, why does it need to be Rated R anymore? So, that is my situation on that, is to, like, it really, like, Deadpool started as Rated R. Logan was Rated R. Granted, it came from a PG-13 situation, so I get what they're doing, but I just don't know. And, And Logan, for God's sakes, if all the movies... Logan and Deadpool, of all the movies that needs a rated R type of thing, it definitely should be those two. I, it'll be interesting. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not all for a rated R movie. If I'm just saying it just needs to be. It needs to have purpose in order for it to be rated R. I thought they like. If you put, I'll give you an example. Um, Captain America: The Winter Soldier was absolutely phenomenal. It has such a serious really you know government political tone to it especially the fact that they have robert refford um in the movie who always brings a certain presence with these type of movies it really did it was it was how can i say this it's um i don't want to say bill cosby but it is kind of like the bill cosby style of comedy where he never cursed or sinbad for that matter i'll do sinbad because it's kind of the same way which is pattern of bill cosby but nonetheless if you do it like the Sinbad way of comedy where you don't curse, but you still get your point across and you still make people laugh at the end. And that's the that's the end point. This is the same case. Do you really need to make do you really need to have such, you know, grittiness and, and violence or whatever to make your point to the movie? How much does it make sense to the movie? You know, it, it really just needs to be a, a really true purpose as to why you're doing this. So I'm hoping that that is the case of the matter and they make it make sense to the whole thing but we'll see i'm not i'm not for it or against it you know it it just as long as the story goes in and it makes sense and it works i'm all good with it so we'll see i'm not mad at it but i am happy that they are still working on this and making this ready to come out because um scarlett johansson needs their own film and deservingly needs her own film i would love to see that and hopefully look forward to seeing what they do i would love to see this this uh, espionage, almost Metal Gear style movie that they could do with um, with Scarlett Johansson. That'll be awesome. Uh, so we'll see what happens from there. Now, I'm gonna talk about some game news here, some video game news here because I'm a little bit upset. Shout out to my man Travis McKinnon in our ACMG Facebook group. He was passing around VIP passes to Anthem, the new EA game that is uh, supposed to be like the new Destiny if you will. So 
I get this thing. I haven't had, I, I don't play EA games much, but I do have an EA account like the Origin to play certain games like uh, the South Park game that I have and such like that or other games that I've played in the past, the boxing games or whatever. So I had this account throughout my time, but I haven't used it, which means I, fr- I forgot my password and I, it wasn't around the time when I can really remember where I recorded this password. So I had to reset it again and do a new one. Uh, or it, not only that, I went through so much hell, and this is why I'm not going to invest in EA's Anthem or probably anything at this point for EA because they they have been known to be so shysty with the way they do things, and this is no different. You got to really check the you got to really check this out and about and listen to what they did here and why I'm pissed off about it. I'm not only pissed off; there were other people in the Facebook group that were pissed off about it as well. Uh, Travis also knew this as well. Uh, I don't know if his brother Elijah actually um, experienced this or well or, or had the same feelings about it, but I, me personally, I was really not happy with how they processed and went about this uh, procedure of getting to play a demo, a stupid demo of the game. So normally if I play a demo, I just download the demo and play the game, but they want you logged into their account or the origin account or whatever, whatnot, just to play this damn game. First, you go in and the idea is that you go in, you log in, you select which game that you're playing, because I think this is going to be a cross brand, uh, a cross play game where everybody's going to be playing, uh, you know, no matter what console you have whether it's pc or steam uh xbox or playstation so i guess to do this they had to let you they had to make sure you select which console you're using to do it fine should be simple i did it but i also had to reset my password and it was supposed to give me an email when i did this the email never came so i just decided to start a whole new account and use it for that account so i do this and then I go try to download the game, which they instruct you to do on PSN. Okay, this is where the shenanigans start because I go into the PSN store, the PlayStation Network store, and lo and behold, what happens is that I see where it says VIP demo. You click on that, the first thing you see is the two pre ordered um, bundle packs that they ask you to, um, that they want you to buy, not the demo. Instead of just going straight directly to the demo, they try to get you to buy this. Now this can throw somebody off and this can really throw somebody off because I had to ask Travis this and ask him, you know, did you have to buy the game in order to get the demo or play the demo early? And he said, no. So, all right, that's it. Because I went right out and did when I and decided to talk to him to make sure that he didn't buy the game. Because I would have been like, no, I'm not buying this game just to play the demo. This is no, it's no, this is not happening. So what you got to do is click on one of them, but go deeper in to the actual game. Now let me in order. Wait, you got to go deeper into the game in order to actually get the demo. Let me tell you how much bullcrap that is and how at me the design the web designer knows exactly what the hell they're doing they could have created a link that goes directly into that page where you could get to that demo instead they lead you to the first step which is your which is them trying to get you to buy the game and throw you off to not get the demo first why do you have to go through such unethical tactics to do that if the game is that good let us play the demo first and then you go out of your way to do it. 
that to me was a red flag turnoff one. That was the first one. Uh, the fact, so I finally got it, 25 gigs, downloaded it, took about like maybe an hour or two to do, watch uh, NXT TakeOver, and uh, checked it out. Really great show, by the way. And when, it, when I was done watching it, I went back to my PlayStation, it was done, went in there, noticed that when I got into the game and it loaded up, that it showed that my original account was available, but I had to change the password, so I changed the password for that. And then when I did it, it showed that I was not able to log into there because it's this account is not connected to the VIP, uh, the VIP deal. And I was like, okay, fine. Can I switch to the one I just created for it? It does not allow you to log out of that and, re- and go in to do it again. I reset it like multiple times and it was no way of me doing it. At that point, I was done. I was absolutely done. I'm sure the initial game will more than likely be awesome. I hope it is. But at this time, the hell with EA. EA to me, me it, it, EA to me stands for evil assholes, and they continue to be so. And this at this time with this, I am so fed up with how they do things. Whether it was micromanaging, or now it's just them trying to throw you off and trying to do all these type of convoluted things for you to get this game. I'm tired of EA. I'm stupidly done with EA. Unless the only way I would go back to EA at this point, and I'll hold on to the other games. I've already reviewed uh, UFC, so thank goodness that was wasn't a thing. And I already I paid very low price for it, and I got this um, the uh, fractured butt hole from uh, South Park that game, which is still okay, and I haven't really dug too deep in that lately, but. The only way I'm going to invest in another EA game is if they absolutely bring back the original or remaster the original um, Def Jam Vendetta or Fight for New York. Other than that, they could kiss my ass with that because I am I, I'm really tired of us falling for these whole entire situations or, or being sheep and being doped up to fall for these events and not really making a stand on these guys. We have the power to say like, no, we don't like this. Let They need to change this in order to get our money. But we live in a generation where we don't do that, that we fall for it. We try to, you know, save face and try to make you know make us look like we're cool because we're getting these events these situations even though these situations are all that they are cracked up to be and this is why i'm doing this review of these two documentaries because a lot of what these companies are doing today a lot of what billy mcfarlane has done it, it is happening all over and we're falling for it and i'm so tired of it like you gotta use your you gotta use your critical thinking on stuff like this so ea screw you on that one so i don't even want to hear it anymore uh, I'm, I'm sure anthem will be a it looks like a phenomenal game i know a lot of people worked hard in it but when executives make decisions to do certain things it really takes away the integrity uh of the of the whole entire you know operation that was been done with this game and and, and stuff like that and the integrity is just totally taken away from the the artistic integrity at that you know, and, and I just, just it burns me up. It really burns me up. So this is another reason why I hate getting uh, connected online too, because they, a lot of online games, some of them could be really, really uh, complex or convoluted, and it should just be an easy process. Really should, and it's just not. It just it gets on my nerves to high hell.
So, moving on from that note, more somewhat game news here. Uh, Resident Evil. Their, uh, Resident Evil 2 is back. Um, people are, you know, getting back into it like they did with Udimusha. And I'm not playing that game because I never was a big Resident Evil fan. I played the first one. I was talking with people on the ACMG Facebook group, and I was like, people were like, yo, that thing scares the hell out of me. I'm like, dude, screw that. The dog from PlayStation 1 coming out that window still scares the hell out of me. <laughs> on a on a uh in a dark room so uh one of the most legendary scenes in gaming history ever is that moment by the way but continuing on with the legacy of the franchise netflix is looking to uh bring a tv series into the fray um i don't not much is known about it but according to a report from the deadline netflix has begun developing a scripted series based on a popular horror game series now what we don't know is whether it's going to be like spinning off or connected to the world that was created by paul ws anderson who directed the movies not sure if that's going to be the case or if they're going to totally reboot it to match that of the actual game itself which i hope they do um it is said that this is going to be a part of netflix global original which means everybody may be seeing this and not just one region or whatnot that's what I, I, I'm taking from this. And uh, it will be produced and distributed by a company named Constantine Films. So no word on the showrunner for this project yet. But I, again, um, I, I really don't think, I doubt if it's going to be connected to the uh, Resident Evil world that Anderson has done. Which most people say that they liked it. Just a, a, a regional cult following of people liked it. Um, I think that they will probably go back to their roots and really stick to the script of the actual game series more on this one that's what i believe and the fact that it's going to be from a german uh based company could mean that they're doing something different as well you know and they and they're doing they saw something in this in this company that in the studio that they say like all right we can get the uh the franchise that we want from out of this so it'll be interesting to see um I may actually check it out, depending on how it is, what it is. And now that I know that it's not all zombie-based and it's like, you know, the Umbrella Corporation is the one who's screwing up everything, so I might actually jump into it now, especially since then I've been watching The Walking Dead and stuff like that, so I'm kind of used to that genre a little bit more these days. But we'll see. Last bit of news I have, actually, this is wrestling talk. And by the way, happy Royal Rumble Day, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see who is going to be the one winning this year. This is uh, wrestling's playoff season uh, pay-per-view if you will where we're going to see who's going to be headlining wrestlemania tonight nxc came on last night uh good luck royal rumble because you got a lot of shoes to fill in this case and we will see but the reason why i'm bringing this up is because one of the biggest names in wwe and that is roman reigns was just recently seen with the rock on the set of fast the fast spinoff uh, hobbs and shaw so interestingly to note for those who do know or don't know or into wrestling or maybe casual fans roman reigns was uh has announced that he was battling leukemia it came back uh he mentioned this months a few months ago which led to him leaving wwe a few months back to you know take care of this amongst other things so now we saw footage what not footage we saw actual uh shots from the set that he's going to be appearing and the Hobbs in this uh, Shaw film as The Rock's brother. 
uh, as Hobbs' brother uh, in the film. So that'll be interesting to see. And uh, he looks really good. Some people said that he actually looked a little bit smaller. That can be possibly him practicing, I mean, or uh, battling the leukemia. Or that could be that he hasn't, you know, been working out as heavily as he known. Or maybe other things speculated. We don't know. I'm not going to say. But... He said they said he looks really uh, he does seem to look healthy from the pictures that I've seen. And uh, well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and it's also the thing is, too. Now, this is going to be where the issue lies. Rumors have it that he was appearing in house shows as well as that he may be appearing at the Royal Rumble. This is rumors, of course, at this point. Or he may be appearing at WrestleMania, because as many of you know, who are constantly watching, I have stopped watching Raw and SmackDown until they get their act together. But um as of recently, uh, the Roman Reigns news, the real life news of Roman Reigns with his uh, diagnosis of leukemia has embedded into an actual storyline, an ongoing storyline involving his um, his uh, fellow teammates, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose of S.H.I.E.L.D., which Dean Ambrose, of course, what they call turn hill or became a bad guy, turn, you know, turning on uh, Seth Rollins at this case, the night that... Roman announced that he was battling leukemia and he's going to be out, which many have thought was very distasteful and very lowbrow. And uh, this is where we're going to see change this year from other organizations other than the WWE, rest assured. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if he does come back, it's kind of going to feel kind of eerie on the standpoint that. He was supposed to be leaving a battle of leukemia, and then they use this leukemia angle for this storyline, and then all of a sudden he comes back and wins the title. That's not going to look good. That's really, really, really not going to look good in the eyes of those who, are, who who see these red flags and are using critical thinking. And, you know, it's just like if you're saying that you're battling leukemia. Do your thing. I, I mean, not, not. I'm not gonna say that I know what was, you know, what consisted of. My father actually passed away from leukemia, and I, there are said to be different formats of leukemia. Uh, but you know, when my father was diagnosed of it, I think it was at a time where it was just way too late, and he, he passed away of it. But you know, lo and behold, we don't know. You know, Roman Reigns probably has some really good doctors, you know, treating him or whatnot. We don't know what's going on it with the situation but it's just honestly without the proper knowledge none of us it just won't feel right at all unless we know exactly what's going on with this and factoring such a serious thing a very serious thing as leukemia into a storyline is extremely distasteful especially when it's involving a real life situation it just is this is not the kayfabe area anymore and, and vince McMahon has been really out of touch lately with what he's been doing. He claims that there's going to be change within his company, so we'll see. But nonetheless, look forward to seeing him in the Hobbs and Shaw movie, which hopefully I believe should be out this year, maybe. Or is it this year or next year? I'm not sure. I'll check for that. But it's good to see him on air, celebrate it. And if they play this right, Roman Reigns can finally be the, you know, the babyface character that they that people are cheering just depending on how they handle it so we will see but ladies and gentlemen that will do it for this edition of what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and thoroughly well as thoroughly as i could possibly be talk about the two fire festival documentaries from hulu and netflix we'll do that right after this
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Alright folks, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of the two documentaries made by Netflix and Hulu based on the Fire Festival that occurred in 2017 and created by the fraudulent promoter known as Billy McFarlane, and... The two documentaries here kind of, well, both of them, in my opinion, are absolutely great. One does something that the other one doesn't. And then also one fills the gaps of certain things that were talked about on the the other documentary. So without further ado, let's talk about these documentaries. And when I watched these, it was five o'clock in the morning. I couldn't go to sleep. And I'm like, whatever, a better time to watch these documentaries is now because I got so much other things to do and trying to fit them in would be impossible. I wasn't actually going to watch both of them. I was just going to watch the one. And for some reason, I felt the need to watch the Hulu one first. And I'm glad I did because lo and behold, upon watching it, I discovered that it was actually... Uh, the one that was docu- um, that came out first. So, and you can, it obviously shows when you watch the documentary how the timeline goes because certain people in the, in the show, you know, discover things which then gets explained later on on the Netflix version. So, there are some differences in filming and, and the way that they were filmed and how it, and the approaches that the films are. For instance, Hulu's version, which was called Fire Fraud, and this version of the documentary, uh, documentary directed by Jenner Foss and Forst, uh, which is spelled F-U-R-S-T, and Julia Willing, uh, Willoughby Nason. Uh, this one was portrayed with a more comical approach. So this, there were times that you're going to laugh in this documentary. It's, it's very entertaining in this documentary is a lot of things that they talk about, but they do focus on some serious, there are moments of seriousness involving certain aspects of the um of the actual documentary and um and the real events are covered here in in great detail but also it gives you a little bit more assessment of some other things um that we're going to talk about so we're going to I'm going to focus on this first and give you the points that I've learned on this documentary and then we'll go into the Netflix version too so for me with fire fraud uh it, it, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this documentary. It very much was a comedy version of any, even on, even Netflix kind of says in the description of the um, documentary, it is a comedy approach version of real events that happen in 
the documentary. Now, it's not completely comedy. It's very subtle in its comedy um, and its comical approaches. There are some things they do in here that makes it like that makes you do laugh at the fact of this situation. But also there's some parts in there that you're like, this is crazy. This is insane. Who would ever fall for this? This is just like borderline. Who would do this? And trust me, as a multimedia developer that I am, I like I said at the beginning of this show, there are potential clients that I've that I talked to, and there's some clients in my past, especially in my beginning, the in the beginnings of my ventures through viewfinders, identity search, and design. I've come across some really interesting projects, which I would say somewhat there's some elements of what's going on in these documentaries that I can identify through my experiences. So I know exactly what the deal is, but also luckily for me, I saw some of the red flags that was going on and made sure that I was covered fully with my situations. So it's really weird, but this happens so often. So if I can help in any way, make people understand who are listening to this show, who may be doing what I'm doing or is just starting out doing what I'm doing. And this episode can help you out to look out for some of these situations to know what to do when the time of that situation and you meet these kind of people who try to give you the world or make everything sound like it's the world and everything's going to be about it because this happens a lot. There's a term called buster clients out there uh, for most freelancers, which means that people who are tr- who try to sell you the world, you know, and say that they'll give you millions when they only have Mickey Mouse money, stuff like that. You know, this is the, one of the things, this is where I, I wanted to really cover this uh, episode for stuff like that, because this really hit hard for me as, you know, me, a person working in this industry. Thank goodness I do have clients, by the way, who are legit, who are more than legit, who are successful in what they've done, whether from me or beyond me. And I'm just a part of, I'm just along with the ride and continuing the road. Um, shout out to Molly Flanagan again and, and um, Danielle Kennedy as well <laughs> out there. And uh, my, my one of my favorite clients, Randy Shine as well. Those guys are legit. Those guys are absolutely legit. Um, you know, but otherwise, there are some out there. There are absolutely some clients out there. And I got more than that too, but I'm just, just to say, I'm name dropping. But um they there are more people out there that are trying to do so wrong and use people so well it's to the point that i've done this for so long for over like 10 for about like 10 years more that i know the signs when somebody's telling you telling me something that i i can guarantee it doesn't add up and when i saw this dude just billy uh mcfarland yeah i saw the signs i've seen people like him before it was just crazy. So here's my points of uh, fire fraud in this case. Um, this is obviously the first documentary made, as I mentioned, because this is just this, everything that's going on here. And then I watched the Netflix one later and it just added up from that point. This version focuses on not only the fall of the festival itself, but it also digs deep into the sociological and ideological aspect of the millennial generation and how great marketing and promotion techniques managed to attract a target demographic. With me being in promotion and doing promotion every so often, you have to find the best way to attract your target audience. I say this all the time to my clients. 
you have to one create a product that will really attract a target audience, really get them chomping at the bits to do do what they want. That's not criminal. That's not criminal. That is total base of what you do. Um, you, I mean, just based. I mean, from everything from like color scheme to, um, you know, just knowing the right words to say, stuff like that. You have to do it. It happens all over McDonald's, Coca Cola, uh, Nike. Every product that you do, PlayStation, Xbox, all that stuff. They really know how to gear to the target demographic to do so. He knew this and understood this. And I'm saying he, as in Billy McFarlane, knew this to a T. He needed the right people to make it happen. Somehow he he did this, and he was able to get some of the biggest names. And, you know, in pop culture right now, I mean, like Gigi Hadid, uh, Haley Bieber, um, Jenner, uh, Kylie Jenner, I believe, uh, was in this as well. And she, you know, they are all hyping this big Coachella-like event, this burning man like event here um that nobody knew this was going to be coming to fruition it was promised big time you got a guy like billy mcfarlane who's done tons of different events and products that he's come out prior to before including magnesium which is this card this this millennial they call it the millennial black card which allows you to use your actual credit card and i i don't understand the reason of this but um it, the card allows you to use that card, which implements your original credit card, but it's promise to allow you to, yeah, it, by using the using the millennium uh, the uh, magnesium card, it allows you to actually get better deals on certain big events for lower prices, and we find out that's not really the case here with that. So. I may be going ahead on this, but that was usually the start of both of those documentaries, what they were talking about that. Uh, it's It was really crazy. It, I mean, he saw, and, and he says on the, in the Hulu documentary, by the way, Billy McFarlane is in this documentary in here. I mean, the documentary does have the techno-utopian entrepreneur himself in here talking about this, which the Hulu, the Netflix version does not have Billy McFarlane in there being interviewed by anybody. Hulu got Billy McFarlane in there probably before he went to jail uh, for this. I'm not sure how, where, when they got him, but he was in there and they were, man, it's, it's really great when they got him because they catch him on some really things. But they also talk about uh, the great job that they did talking about, you know, the power of social media influencers. I mean, just rather really aidless uh, influencers or just, you know, some social media influencers who made their, you know, deals and who made their fame from uh, Instagram or whatnot. And, um, you know, I mean, from the F. Jerry, you know, uh, followers out there to Haley Beaver. I mean, just a ton of different, you know, influencers out there. It's it, it really when watching this, it really scared me how easy we follow these people. Or how much we want to become these people. It, it really worried me. It th- I mean, because me being here doing what I'm doing right now, I hope to get a big following. And I hope to get that following that I always wanted like that. But there's a big responsibility to having that many amount of followers to it. It, it really is. It's a scary thing. And I, I hate to use... No, I don't. I, I really 
I don't hate to use this, you know, cliche now, these comic book cliches, but with great power comes great responsibility in here. And it's scary when you saw how they filmed this and gave you a perspective of, yeah, these media influencers, all they got to say is one word and people will follow or one name connected is follow. I mean, Kim Kardashian alone, if you say, if she says your name, you're getting a whole bunch of followers behind you. That's how deep it is. There was an episode of one of my favorite shows that got canceled, uh, Two Broke Girls, where Kim Kardashian was on the episode and they felt, it was two episodes actually. One had um, Martha Stewart in there, which they were trying to, and it was kind of the same thing. And the other one was Kim Kardashian, both of them, which because they owned a cupcake shop, they were trying to get uh, notoriety from them because everybody gives them so high, that Oprah high praise. So getting notoriety from either or, and I understand this and I get this and I'm all about this as well, is that, you know, getting notoriety from the from the likes of a Kim Kardashian will get major, major views because she has millions and millions of followers. So she says something good about them. They're paid because everybody's going to go to them. That is when you really think about that, that that the aspect, that power, it's frightening almost. I mean, I would take it on, but I had to I mean. If not for this documentary, if I just so happens to get like a million followers tomorrow, I think this documentary will help me try to get more of a conscious understanding of how I need to approach social media and to make sure that I take responsibility for what I say and do on on social media. And that was something that this thing covered a lot of in this particular documentary because it focused on how millennials really draw into these influencers like that and how easy they are and impressionable they are these days with this new generation uh the documentary also focused a lot of use of jarrell as the spokesman he claims co he uh proclaims himself as the co-founder of fire in here and uh it's a really interesting thing about jarrell in here one you get to see how much of an kind of an idiot he is and how much of a phony he is at the same time. After looking at both of the documentaries, it does not put Ja Rule in any good light at all. And it further, if you're a hip-hop fan and you know the beef that, that's been going on for years involving Ja Rule and 50 Cent, as well as maybe Busta Rhymes and Eminem to some extent, this fire Festival justified everything 50 Cent actually ever said about this dude. Ever. You know, it's it's really interesting. Like this dude is like legit bad news. He just, just I can't. I mean, and the second and the Netflix documentary just hits the nail in the and his in the depiction of him. Like they both depict him in a certain in the same way. But in this case, Billy really used Ja Rule, which it which became a pattern, which became a pattern of what he did. He put. Ja Rule in the forefront to attract other people into and that's not just again not criminal but the way that Billy handled it it you know putting him in the forefront takes a little bit less beef off of him when when uh when shit hits the fan so this happened I've seen this happen before I've seen other people do this very thing and and you know, Billy went all the way. He knew getting these influencers, getting Ja Rule, 
you know, getting the influencers and treating the influencers like kings and queens will help promote the fire festival a lot better so what he did was he gave some of the influencers uh really great sweets so when if when by the time you know they get to the festival they're having a luxurious time meanwhile everybody else is going through hell but that's not what you're seeing online that's that's not what you're seeing on social media you're seeing this illusion of you know this lifestyle that people are supposed to be living and they said it best on both of the documentaries and it said people the fire festival was a chance for people to live that instagram life i totally agree and it also showed the reality that not everybody's living that life but they're going out of their way to try to live that life which is a damn shame i was talking to um one of my friends uh recently and about the fact that I grew up in the 80s, you know, as a kid, and then furthermore in the 90s as a teen. In the 80s, there was such a pride to just having a normal job. You know, if you didn't have an ability, like an artist's ability or artistic ability or ability to know computers or whatever like that, there was jobs, crossing guard, cop, fireman, all that stuff. There was a big pride of just not only having a job, but people just, you know, being able to fend for their own and, and be proud a provider to their families and whatnot. Then the 90s came, the Puff Daddy era, the Biggie era and all the stuff where they started glorifying everything, Rick, what I call Rick Flaring, everything pretty much because nobody's gonna, not going to tell me and I wish I can, you know, someday if I ever get a chance to meet uh, P. Diddy that the one of my biggest questions would be, did you get your influence from Ric Flair? Because if you look at if you look at what he did and Biggie did back in the day, and you look at Ric Flair's promo style, they took Ric Flair's promo interview style and put it into hip hop by glorifying everything that they wore, they brought, they they you know rode all that stuff. I'm like, I'm just saying Ric Flair. This is Ric, the Ric Flair hip hop right now. So I feel that during the '90s is when the time when people started looking at their lives and was like, No, I want that. Because these guys got that, and they got it from nothing. When actually, in reality, they got it from the hard work that they did in hip-hop. but And amongst other things, too. But they started glorifying this this lifestyle that everybody wanted to do. And then everybody said, screw these old jobs. I want a new job because my old job sucks, and my boss sucks, and whatever like that. And the 90s was also that rebellious area of things going on like that. So now we got it migrated into the 2000s, the millennial era, and... It's even increased and gotten worse because now people, I mean, with the economy going the way it was and, and, and now everything going to hell, you got people trying to, you know, get in what they can do without putting in the work that they have to, without putting in the grind. That's what I always say, trying to lay, clay, uh, trying to lay claim to the name and the fame without the gain. You know, that's exactly what's going on right now in social media. And in and, and this generation right now, it's sad. It's really, really sad. And what Billy McFarland did is he capitalized on all of that to try to gain as much money from these people who are just wanting. And I'll talk about proof of that on the Netflix version when I talk about that as well. So using Ja Rule and using all these models and have, making these commercials to advertise and showing like this glorious lifestyle happening right now where there's which was just a total mask 
to, to mask the realities of what wasn't going to happen, Aria. It was really interesting. The documentary also used a lots of clips from various sitcoms and, and um, you know, animated sitcoms and TV shows like Simpsons and Family Guy to give a visual perspective, an example of what the experience was like. <laughs> and it, it, they did a great job doing that, too. I love what they did. It was it was very well depicted. Uh, you know, as far as using visual analogies of what the situations was like. I remember even one person, uh, I forgot what he said. It was one person um, that made a Simpsons reference to it, and then they showed the clip. It was really well done, and I liked the way that they did it there. So it gave a more entertaining aspect for that note. Um, when interviewing Billy McFarlane as well, there were many times that you could see how much BS this dude really was. Certain answer, certain questions he wasn't answering or he was refusing to answer, uh, ask. And he was also talking about the process of what he was doing, not realizing how much of a dumbass he looks doing it. <laughs> you know, and he's a millennial, a millennial himself, but he capitalized on it. After watching this documentary, I can tell you this, this Hulu documentary, I immediately, because I watched DuckTales. I watched Duck, the recent DuckTales. There is a new character in this series that I am. I, I gotta figure out. I gotta figure out when DuckTales premiered this character, in accordance to them documenting Billy McFarlane, because this new character is supposed to be like the new modern day version of a millionaire, as opposed to Scrooge and uh, Glongold, whereas he made his money from social media and being an influencer and sort of the same thing that Billy McFarlane is. And I really dug this character at first, but after watching this, this documentary, I'm starting to think, wait, is he based on this character? Because exactly everything that this character on DuckTales does is exactly what this character with Billy McFarlane is doing. And he creates this media hype for, for things that aren't even real. That, but he's getting money for this media hype. So, and if you look at the character, the new character, he's like a bird character. He kind of does, he's a slender looking bird character that kind of does, it, you can make a case for it. He kind of does, there's some resemblance of Billy McFarlane in there, man. It's crazy. So, I thought that was a very interesting take on it as well. There, then... You also get the uh, end of the, at the end of the documentary. It also shows that uh, he met a um, a woman that he's dating, also who totally is into him, even after the fact that she Googled him and discovered who he was. Yet Billy is such a charismatic dude that he could kind of talk his way to anything. And I know guys like that. I've grew up with people like that. I have people that were in my family that was like that. You know, I, I really hate it. It's yeah, it irks me because the the people like that with, who are charismatic and charming, it gives a bad name to other people who are charismatic and charming, but they're actually really good people. And it it, it just it really it really pains me. Like the way that people are being exposed in this day and age, it's going to scare people into a proverbial bush of insecurity as to whether they should really trust people or not. I just say to that, do your homework, just 
Be a prominent person. Do your homework. Yes, there are people out there to trust. There are also people out there not to trust. You just have to do your homework. It just requires effort. It, 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 I'd rather you go and do the effort of looking for the good people in the world than to be afraid as to whether they are at all. You know, just because you watch this documentary or the um, surviving R. Kelly documentary doesn't mean that everybody's out there like that. It, there are good people out there like that. You just have to do your homework to find out who they are. It just requires you to get up off your ass and do research, homework, effort. That's all it takes. So a uh, little few bit notes on the Hulu version. There's also uh, Delroy Jackson, which I thought was one of the most inter- interesting characters in the or people in the actual doc- this documentary. He was the Fire Festival staff fixer. I guess that means the guy who actually built the set or whatever was going on there and knew, you know, everything about the Bahamas that he could possibly can. And he was also the guy that was telling Billy and other staff and Ja Rule, like, this is not going to work. He, I remember him talking about and Ja Rule coming up to him and asking him like, you know, yo, Delroy, is this actually, you think it's actually going to work? And hey, Delroy was straight up about it and was like, no, no, man, this ain't happening. This ain't happening. Not only that, um, the festival was the festival was supposed to be going on during one of their biggest events of the year, their most money making events of the year, and it, it, it like this was their Super Bowl, or whatever like that, and this was trying to happen at the same time. So this was even scheduled wrong from the get go. Like I've worked and I worked in in like Caribbean festival events before, and it's a it's a big process. It's a majorly big process. You know, you got to depend on a lot of things and weather especially is a big deal that you got to worry about too. Um, you just never know. It's a, it's a hit or miss when you do outdoor events. And this is just one of the things that just went wrong with it, man. It's just, it, it was crazy. It was raining that day for them as well. And it, it's, man, I tell you, this documentary was for me the best because at the end of the documentary, the interviewer asked Billy, you know, do you understand the meanings of a compulsive liar? <laughs> and, you know, as he said that, he was asking him questions, which then was backed up with proof that everything that Billy was saying was a lie. And they had the proof of them showing, like he was talking about the numbers of people that were there, the how much money that this thing was making, how much money did he have. And they had documented proof of all of this, all these things, which they used Siri for some reason to explain what was going on. And it was just, it was absolutely insane. So kudos to Hulu and the directors for that, you know, Nason and um, Forrest for that documentary. I really enjoyed that documentary. And then we, I decided to double down and go into the fire um, to the Netflix version, which was Fire, the greatest party that never happened. This version took a more serious and sensitive approach, as well as focus more on the perspective of the staff and crew of the festival and the Fire app, you know, designers behind the scenes and everything. So this was this was really interesting. It was really, really interesting. They filmed this after the fact of that documentary. Um, this version showed exclusive footage, not on the Hulu version. And some of it on a Hulu version, but there was a lot of exclusive video in, a, um, in this video. In particular, the most standout of all the footage was Billy McFarlane actually telling models. They were at a bonfire, and he was actually telling models that his target audience were a, 
he said this exactly. I I was blown away when he said this. He said they were losers wanting to live the life in luxury that they normally would never do. He called them losers. If I was a person who invested heavily into this festival, spent all this money because it was not cheap. He they, this this thing cost a lot of money. You're talking airfare. He made promises to have luxur- luxurious jets come in, which wasn't the case. Um, there's that famous you um, you know inf- social media influencer who showed her in this somewhat supposed to be a, a private jet, which was like a a uh, commercial liner apparently or something like that. You know, I don't fly as much as often as many other people do, but you know. She she was shown doing that, but they at later on they also showed her in a luxurious uh, Dubai uh, you know hotel suite or whatever like that something like that. Which of course she's a, a social media influencer, so you got the idea is to make sure that you are in, and I, I've already had this experience because I was invited to do cons as well. Recently, I was invited to do a con into the uh, last year in September. But I was going to the, um, I was heading over to uh, Keystone Comic Con instead, so I refused to go to this one due to the fact I had commitments, with, and I also had clients that were going to be participating at the Keystone Comic Con event by Repop. I was actually offered to have room and board, you know, in a suite, and I decided to step down on that for a lot of reasons, for an absolute lot of reasons uh, for that. Which uh, a lot of it at this time cannot be talked about due to certain allegations and situations at this time. So, um, but nonetheless, it, that's what happens. You, you know, your promoters will invite influencers to actually promote, you know, and report the event. I've ever reported events under my own money and under my own, well, some of it I've paid for. Others was basically invites to certain things. So, but I've been through this before and, you know, you kind of get the good on certain things just to make sure that when you report back that you, they, they give you a really great deal. Now, if you guys remember, I report, I did a uh, review on uh repop, you know, I had Brian uh, Stephenson, uh, who's the global marketing you know, uh, manager at Repop. And I had him on the show. I also did a report on it. They had a first good event, you know, for, re- for a Keystone Comic Con. There are some things that also mentioned that needed to, that needed improvement, which I believe they will improve on uh, in the next year coming in. So, you know, I, I'm going to give you my honest opinion on things and they're at all best. But you got people who every once in a while, not just promoters, but also People in the movie industry, studios will get influencers as well, you know, bloggers. And they take them on these elaborate trips to these places to make sure that they give a good review. And then you come back and they give a good review. And then all of a sudden you see these trailers and commercials with with people and like critics you've never heard of before. Not even like Siskel and Ebert's or whatever like that. These people that you've never heard from before from you know, news blogs and articles that you've never heard from before. It's really funny that you see that. Like they, this is how they do. They, they get people to actually, you know, hire these people to actually do that. So, uh, it's under their own ethics. 
that they give the honest to goodness report and review of it. Some people don't do that, but they rely on these people like Billy relies on these influencers to give them the best review possible. So next year down the line, they can give you that review. Now, I'm a person like this is the thing, you know, when I do game reviews, I pay out of pocket. I pay out of pocket to do game reviews because I want the I need the organic feel that I paid for a game that was actually good and I enjoyed the game. If I didn't pay, uh, if I if I paid for it and it was a bad experience, you damn sure know I'm going to hear from this. You're going to hear it. So I tend to opt out of getting a free copy of anything because I don't think you get the the fresh experience of doing so. You know that that's the thing. I mean, you could still say that the game is crap, but I think. If the game is crap and I still pay for it, poof, you're going to hear it from me. <laughs> okay. So, you know, it's a, it's a hit or miss situation. You just have to be, if you're a reporter, if you're an influencer or whatever, you got to be absolutely, you got to have moral and ethics to what you're doing when you do stuff like this. And you got to understand, you really got to understand what you're getting out of this, but you also got to report what's really going on. Because there was a footage of the female influencer that got her hotel stay and it was all elaborate and great and beautiful. But if you see that other people aren't getting it, you got to report that. You got to show what's really going on. Yeah, it's good for you, but you got to really show what's going on from there. So, um, you know, you got to, I mean, for anybody who are trying to do up and coming, you know, stuff like this, podcasting um, reviews, and you get these opportunities, use your critical thinking, watch the red flags and, and be honest with what you see be honest with what's really going on you know just because you get a little bit of you know leisure and leeway and all this stuff doesn't mean that you can't report the real what's going on you have to it's your responsibility to do so so no matter what people say here and this so um moving on this documentary also shows uh the netflix documentary also shows the investors that provided Billy with the funds needed for this to pull off this event, which I believe he was given $5 million to pull this event off, which is crazy. And this, this particular investor also has helped him through other ventures too, maybe the magnesium card as well to uh, go through that. Like this dude not only has done different ventures, but some of, a lot of them are failed ventures as well. So I'm like, after a while, do you really consistently help this guy keep doing this stuff? It's really crazy. But not all of it. I think he's had more success than he did not success as well. But this, the, the unsuccessful, the ones that he done were, were extremely big. It was really huge. And you can see and it's, there was some there was some fallback and some information that led to understanding what he was doing were fraudulent, you know, through all these ventures. So it, it was it was really bad. It was really, really bad on that point. But the woman that uh, or the investor, per se, that they spoke with have said that, like, I really he she really believed in what he was doing and kept investing in what she was doing. So he she would provide him with what he need up until that point at, at, uh, at best. So they, this one also talked to staff within the fire, you know, uh, you know, team that was putting together the apps and everything. And uh, that he was f- supposedly financing and they. It showed in a documentary after a while that they started questioning him as to what was going on and his direction and decision making, which gave them a lot of red flags all over. And they started worrying about, you know, things like 
what is he actually doing? And then furthermore, where's the money that they're being that they're promised to be paid for this? Again, I've had clients in my past, uh, in my beginnings that were like this, that, you know, cause you're in the beginning, you take anything and you'll take anything on to get the credibility and proving that you are legit of who you are. So you get these type of clients every once in a while that will promise you the world. And then after a while you start to realize that they're not, you know, everything that they say they are. And you start to worry about that stuff. Cause like myself, like any other freelancer or whatever that works, you know, promoters and people like that, is that you have your life of your own, you got bills to pay, you got stuff that you got to do, you know, you got your life to live and you and, and most of all, you got your credibility that you're trying to build within society, within the business world. So working with people like that, it, it, it puts a damper on things on just your experience and your ability and you. So to some, they lose a little bit of hope. They lose a little bit of uh, inspiration of wanting to do stuff like this. And it's hard. You, It's hard. Some people just decide to not deal with this situation anymore and move on to something else. It's really hard to do. But I can tell you, you don't give up. You, you, If you really love what you do, you die for it. You know, if you really you'll find a way to make it, you'll find a way to get through some way, somehow. And it's not the easiest thing in the world. I can tell you that from experience. It's not easy, but you eventually get through it. You'll get, you'll find a better way. I can tell you there are many times in my experience that some really crappy things have happened. Some really bad things have happened. Some things that really ruined my experience. I mean, some involving Bill Cosby, believe it or not. Uh, but and some involving, you know, work that was supposed to be a big deal for me in this, in the city of Philadelphia. You know, and I look at it now and I'm like, I'm so far removed from that situation and other great things have happened. I call here's how I sum it up. When you get into situations like what you what people have done with Billy um, McFarlane and I have, you sum it up as a chapter. Chapters of a book are temporary. They are a small margin of the entire uh, story of your life. Eventually, you will get through that story if you continue to read through it, if you continue to go through the chapter. Eventually, that chapter will be over and you will go through something different in your life. And a new experience will come and a new opportunity will come. And, you know, you look back at this as a very interesting time of your life that you can remember and learn from and other people can learn from. That's the way you should take it. That's just my my experience and my uh, perspective of that situation. So, um. Yeah, man. It, I mean, this this documentary was very serious. Uh, one in particular was a woman in the Bahamas that was working with Billy as their chef for the festival, who unfortunately lost a lot of money as a result of Billy's underhanded antics. Um, they spent a lot of money on cooking for the staff, which wasn't supposed to be a thing. And Billy kept increasing the staff, uh, hiring more and more staff for this, which then meant that she had to cook more food and they were trying to figure out where this food is coming from. Um, it was just, I felt bad for this woman. She was so distraught, but she didn't give up. She's continuing to move on. Unfortunately that she had so much to, um, so much money that she had to pay for in this whole thing. So she's trying to, she's trying to move on from this. There were other people too in there too, that got sued because of the situations. And, you know, because, uh, like there were staff members, that were got that got sued because he used their credit card to to pay for other credit cards and other things like that. So because their name was on it, they got sued. And they trying to fight. It's just crazy. 
Like, for one thing, I would never, ever, 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 ever do. No, no, no way. To the credit of the people who I work with in festivals and promotions like that, to their credit, I was paid for everything that I've done with that company, despite the fact of anything that went wrong the years after the festival that I work with or whatever like that. So I, to their credit, I thank goodness I didn't go through any of the situations that these people are going through. I feel really bad for these guys. And, and to the credit of my clients, too, they did everything they could do to make their festival go in. Um, that they possibly could. There were some mix-ups and mess-ups and everything, too, and definitely some homework that needed to be done. But to their credit, you know, there was nowhere near, nowhere near what this was. Nowhere near. I just say to anybody who, and I say this all the time to clients, when you do anything, a small business, promotion, whatever, man, go to school. <laughs> go to school take classes in business take classes in promotion and marketing and all that stuff you can't you can't cut corners you can't you cannot cut corners at all and that's what this dude was doing to these people unfortunately he was doing it to people who are actually educated and in and, and diploma driven and had the credentials and everything he used these people he used these people who did get the degree who spent money who are paying student loans or trying to pay off the student loans and trying to get these opportunities to pay off their loans. He used these people. It's awful. It's goddamn awful of what he did. Drop dead awful of what he did to these people. It is amazing here. Um, the One of the biggest unforgettable moments of the Netflix, the, the standout of the entire Netflix um, one, the one in my friends when they've watched it immediately called me back because i told them like when you watch the netflix version i won't spoil it for you but there's a ver there's a scene in here where you're just gonna just your draws is gonna drop you're gonna call me back and go blitz on me because of this scene this one unforgettable scene is where the event producer of the event andy king who's done many events prior to this. He's worked in golf events and he's worked. I mean, he just left the masters at one point to do this event and help Billy a many, like he said, he helped Billy within 40, you know, social events that he's done prior to this. So I guess that's where he gained his trust from, but Billy called him on to fly over to the Bahamas to help him release some of the items that was held up by customs because Billy didn't pay money the money that was promised to them. So Andy came along to what he said, take one for the team. Take one for the team meant giving this, giving the guy from customs oral sex in order to release the water and items that was held and promised to the, um, held to uh, customs even though they didn't know had uh, money that was promised to him. Andy goes on to say that he was really going to do it. He went home, he washed up, he took mouthwash. He was ready to take one for the team. I don't know how the hell Billy talked him into doing something like that. Again, unfortunately, I never work with people. I've n I could go down and say I've never, I won't want to go down, but I could definitely say that I've worked with people that has never attempted to do that. It has never asked as far as I know, has never asked anybody to do anything like that. Thank goodness I didn't. However, I do know people 
who does have that type of heavy influence and will ask people to do things that they damn sure wouldn't do. And these people have been flocked to support people like that. And that's, uh, they, it's real. It's definitely, I can, I can definitely vouch that it is absolutely real in this case. Um, that, it was, that was just absolutely crazy. And this guy who is gay and Billy used that to his advantage in in such a in such a more derogatory way, it wasn't funny. It was just it's absolutely a shame. And even worse, the guy is still an advocate of Billy. I mean, you could hear at the beginning of the documentary, he is such an advocate of Billy to this day. Like if if I think if Billy would ask him, he may I could be wrong, but he may he could well, probably will another take one for the team. Who knows? I don't it didn't come off like he learned his lesson and didn't realize what he was work who he was working with in this case. Um, man, it was just crazy. Along with this, I mean, all this with everything going down, you got this audio conference call with uh, with Billy, which has Billy saying to the staff after all this goes on goes down. He tells kind of he kind of tells the staff that because he does not have any money left to pay them that he would not fire them, but would tell them that he can't pay them. And, but he's not firing them, but he's not letting him go as well. It was in a way that it was in a sense, in a way that it's such a con way of saying like, you're not fired. You could quit if you want to, but you're not fired, but I can't pay you. So in a sense, that's his way of saying that, he can, you know, they, he's he's kind of forcing their hand to quit, and if they quit, then they can't they can't collect unemployment, because when most of you know, especially if you work in the business world, especially if you quit, then you off your chances of getting unemployment. However, if they fire you, eventually, especially depending on why or how they fire you, if they release you from your job, then they can, they have the ability to collect unemployment in which the employers will have to pay a, some of that. He worded it in a way that would not allow them to do that. And, you know, lo and behold, some of the staff were questioning that. So they got screwed out of this whole thing in essence of this. And it's just, it was really bad. Then you get another conference call from some of the staff there that are trying to refurbish or do damage control of this event and try to actually attempt to do another fire festival event. You got Ja Rule on the phone who's telling staff and staff telling Ja Rule as Ja Rule's trying to explain this in his own sort of pseudo gangster way. He's trying to explain to them that what happened was more false advertisement, a mishap, if you will. They're saying it's fraud. And he's like, no, this is not fraud. This is absolutely not. He's on the record saying it's not fraud. This is absolutely insane. And they're just listening to him. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I got to argue with you, bro. This is fraud. This absolutely, say what you will, this is fraud. They had an opportunity to tell these people that there's no way they can do this event before they even, before that plane hit the ground, before they, while they were actually in the airport, they had a chance to say that this event wasn't happening because they knew that this event could not happen and they allow these people to come in anyway. Knowing this, what do you say? So this version also discusses Billy's attempt later, much like they did with the uh, Hulu version, 
it shows that um, there's a scene in here where even though Billy is, you know, arrested and, and there's a lawsuit out for him and he's in sort of a kind of a house arrest type of situation. Or no, he's uh, he's out on bail with, um, you know, waiting for trial. Billy is still out trying to do, you know, he's scheming. He's still scheming in this deal. And they show him doing email blast. Uh, but also showing the guy Frank Tribble Jr. on here, which they don't show on the Netflix, but they do mention Frank Tribble. And I'll say where this comes in. This, this is where the difference is coming. They mention Frank Tribble and all this stuff in here as well. Um, because one of the influencers in the actual show, uh, in, 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 both, um, in both documentaries by the name of Seth uh, Cruzno, he they tell him on, on the Hulu version that, you know, Billy, that he gets emails from a guy named Billy Tribble, but they don't show him. But they also mention that Billy Tribble is responsible for all these email blasts come out, but it's fronted. It's a front because it's actually, um, it's actually who, uh, Billy McFarlane behind all of it. You know, he's the one that's doing all this. So it's really, this is just insane, man. It is absolutely, absolutely utterly insane what they do um so uh, it, it's it's crazy so frank tribble jr is in there they actually show who frank Dr- uh, Dr- uh tribble jr looks like you know who is in fact the guy that billy hired to be the face of this event or this email blast that they're doing you know and it's the same thing and it is crazy because this is he's using frank tribble jr the same way that he used ja Rule. Put him in the forefront when he's actually one doing the stuff in the back, so he doesn't get take the full blunt. So now he's Billy's even more hidden using this guy, and they somehow, some way, reporters and do their research and find out that it is in fact him. So what they're doing is they're doing an e blast, showing that they're they could get access and tickets to all these events that they absolutely cannot do. And it's just crazy. So now he, you know, he showed the guy Frank Trouble, and Frank just looks all into this. He like he's totally, he's totally sheep to this whole thing. I mean, you see the puppet strings and all this dude in here, man. They also show uh, the artist and videographer Kendo, uh, which he talks about his experience with Billy as well, because you know Billy, you know, doing all of this new e blasting and using Frank Tribble and all this stuff to do this event. He goes into meets with him at this luxurious, uh, you know, penthouse, apparently, which we're still figuring out how Billy's able to afford all this after everything that's happened. So he's filming. He's constantly filming, you know, Billy doing all this. And he started to question everything that's going on as well. And he sees right through it. I love this guy, Kendo, because it reminded me of me going into one of these shady, you know, one of my old shady clients. And having those same type of, you know, red flags and everything. And it's like, oh, dude, I, I get it. I totally get it. It's it's crazy. So they that was that. What both versions covered together, not together, but what they both covered was basically Billy's purpose for the festival was to launch the Fire app. You know, which allows people to book the hottest musical talents for their own special events, which, again, was done by that staff who never got paid at the end of the day, which sucks. The Magnesium Cart was also covered by both uh, documentaries and, you know, which was the stainless steel black credit card for millennials for the millennial demographic and was said to give them major deals of their hottest events 
which ended up being a, not the case. And there was a lot of complaints and a lot of bad reviews into that. Both versions cover the stupidity that is Ja Rule in here and his involvement. And I, I'm not going to say he's he was a puppet in his whole thing because a part of him knew what was going on too. And I think he was a part of it as well. And I think he's just as shady as the rest of them. You know, what would Billy be without him? You know, I mean, that's just the case. Uh, notably, the documentary does talk uh, about Billy's attempting to start that new trending e-blast. Um, again, you know, he the, the events that he was mentioning was like the 2018 Masters, Golf Masters, Coachella, uh, Victoria's Secret events, Taylor Swift, who apparently is said that she never does meet and greets, and many more. Man, it was just crazy. Which, you know, through definite research thank goodness and this is again why i always tell people to do their thorough research you know don't just read headlines don't just read articles itself go a little bit deeper than the articles the articles articles can be good if they're detailed articles that did their homework but you also got to read multiple articles and if they all say the same thing that they all did their own depiction and research of it you gotta hit the red flag on that um i I'm involved in things where I had to do research, definite research and things as well. And I decided to opt out of certain ventures as a result of that because of the information that I not only researched and discovered, but people that were involved in certain cases were involved in and in, in, in reference to it. So I made the conscious decision to opt out of it as well. So it just requires you know, you don't have to be a person in the media to do this. You just have to be a very smart person, especially in this day and age where people on social media try to portray themselves as smart but don't do smart things. I'm asking you, this is the part where we need to change. We need to start using critical thinking a lot more often. You need to understand what critical thinking is, so look that up. Um, but also, you need to do major research to actually do an intelligent assessment of whether you should take on something or not. This... Both of these documentaries absolutely point on that big time. And there's another documentary, too, called The American Meme that I got to check out, too, on Netflix that I think also covers a lot of the millennial generation as well. I want to see how they do an take on that as well. But, um, man, if you haven't seen these documentaries, please go out of your way to do so. They are phenomenal. They are absolutely phenomenal, man. Uh I, go out of your way. It's just, it's, it'll help you learn what to look out for. It'll help you to learn more about this generation and how we need to change some of the things that we're doing, how we're killing social media right now. And, and, and social media can be a very good thing. It could be a tremendous thing. But I think we need to portray, we need to approach social media in such a different ideology Right now, like we're all not going to be famous people. We're not all going to be, you know, top dog or whatever like that or whatever, you know, or, or an influencer. But we can be friends. We can all be a community. We can all be, you know, we can be something more. We can be what I believe, what I totally believe what Mark Zuckerberg originally believed what Facebook and social media should be. And that's just creating unity and community because Mark Zuckerberg, too much, too much to his success, I think unbeknownst to him, he had no idea that it was going to grow to this, but it did. And now it's going bigger than him. And now it's up to all of us to be able to handle it and treat it in a big way, to be able to use it to help each other, to communicate with each other, to 
befriend each other and to protect each other, which is why I'll end this again by saying social media should be used to look out for one another in, in dire situations and situations of help and need. If someone that you hear is actually saying that they need help, that they've been experiencing situations, maybe sexual assault, sexual misconduct, um, you know, take heed on what they're saying. You know, abuse, any of that, domestic abuse, or what, any what kind, take heed to what they're saying. Do your part to do the research, do your homework, talk to the people, talk to other people, get and find a way to protect and save these people. This is part of it. This is all part of it, people. This is what we need to help our generation. This is what we need to help the Generation Z right now because, damn it, they need help. And this, furthermore, made me so much prouder to be a member of Generation X. And I'll just leave it at that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being a part of this show again. Thank you to those who are listening on TalkTimeLive.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and many more out there that I've unaware of but you could get access to thank you guys so very much out there for listening um again we have dragon mark for death coming out this week i may be actually to review that uh, i may also actually have matt papa down the line we're going to work hard to get him back on because i want people to check out this game i want people to uh hear from him talking about this game as well and man just Get ready. I mean, there's a lot of games coming out. Kingdom Hearts is coming out too soon. Uh, Jump Force coming out down the line. I'm looking forward to that. Screw that Anthem game again. But I know people are going to check it out. I'm going to just report what other people are saying at that point. But again, I am through EA on this point because their their practices to me are suspect as best. For just screw them. But. We're going to have a new uh, select start. We're going to have a new talk time live next Sunday. So stay tuned for all that and much more. But let's just close it at that for now. Thank you, everybody. I love you. Molly, love you. And uh, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things. Anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Happy Royal Rumble weekend, people. Let's do this tonight. Let's find out who's going to be at WrestleMania. Take care. ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.